0: Hello to all you amazing Mets fans, you're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, another rough series to discuss, the Mets dropping one to the Cardinals that was pretty winnable late, and I'll be discussing that in the first segment today and how Buck Showalter might have made a wrong decision and how at some point this year he might be on the hot seat. That's what we're going to be talking about in the first segment. Then in the second segment, I'll recap the series at large a little bit more Then we'll close the show kind of going through a bunch of different things. Pete Alonso's return from the IL Mark Vientos being demoted down to AAA, and previewing what lies ahead. As the Mets are set to take on the Houston Astros before we get to any of it though. I'm your host Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, Follow me on Twitter at Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Now, I want to preface this entire show today by saying this when it comes to Buck Walter. Ultimately, I do not believe that this season has been his fault. I think the players are far more to blame than Buck Walter. And I also really don't believe that he would be fired midseason. I just don't think that that is Steve Cohen's kind of mode of operation. I don't think he would do that. But with that said, the reason why today's episode is titled the way it is and the way I'll be discussing Buck Showalter getting fired is because you get to a point in a season where you have a $350 million payroll and a team that is so massively underperforming that you're grasping for straws and it's one of the only cards you can pull. Because despite the fact that the manager a lot of times shouldn't be the main source of blame, how many times in baseball history do we see a team fires a manager, brings someone in, and the team just takes off? You make the bench coach the manager, the guys play looser, and all of a sudden you start winning baseball games. And at a certain point, I think the pressure that mounts on the team, that mounts for these guys who I really do believe Respect and enjoy playing for Buckshow Walter, but they start to feel that that stress, that strain, that 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 anchor tying them down of the fact that you just can't break out of it. You know, Francisco Lindor hits a home run this weekend, and yes, he's fired up as he hits it, but his reaction to hitting home run was one of the weirdest I've ever seen, where he slams the bat into the ground into frustration. He he grabs the bat in one hand, put you know, puts it up and kind of Alip slams it down with his other hand, smacks it to the ground. Like, ah, we got a we finally got one. We're finally and guess what? You still lose the game. But that's I think the inner struggle inside this clubhouse. And I do think they like Buck Showalter. I do think they want to play for him, but maybe at a certain point you just have to you know, grasp at the only straw you have left. You have to pull that one last ripcord of you know, this is our last chance to parachute towards a good season, and we're falling crap, you know, fast towards the ground. And all you can do is say, Eric Chavez take over this team, Carlos Beltron be his bench coach, change the vibe in that dugout and, and try to roll. I I really don't know, but I know that it gets to a point where you have this game on Sunday, and we'll talk about the whole series, but, you know, you have a chance, right? Tommy Pham in the fifth and they have to get another terrible start Carlos Carrasco, putting you in a hole. The Mets' offense battles back, inning over inning. They scored. They, they were down two in the first. They get a run back. They, Carrasco gives up three more in the second. They get three right back. The Cardinals grab another one in the third. All right, now you're sitting in a 6-4 to four hole. Get one back. The Cardinals score again in the fifth. Tommy Pham hits a two-run homer. Get two back. You tie it up at seven. You're knotted at seven going into the ninth inning. And in that moment where Adam Anavino blows the game, Anavino's the one to blame. He's the one that's been bad this year. He's the one that's pitched to a 4.13 ERA. Billy is the one that decided to sign him. That wasn't a Buck decision. And Buck is trusting a guy that's getting paid to be a late inning reliever that's supposed to be able to come through. But David Robertson pitched in the previous inning and only threw eight pitches. You have the top of the lineup coming up. Or really... First of all, you went to Robertson to face eight, nine, one. ideally thinking that the lineup turns over, and if he walks a single guy, gives up a single hit, he's going to be facing Goldschmidt, potentially, Arenado. That's why you put him in the eighth inning. But when he gets through the eighth with relative ease in that game that was knotted up at seven, why do you not keep him out there to face that, you know, two, three, four, five part of the Cardinals lineup that's so devastating. You know, Why not throw him out there for one warning? Because you got Goldschmidt, Arenado, Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker. That's the part of the lineup that you fear. And really, honestly, I would have rather seen the Mets go to Ottavino in the eighth, see if he gets through eight, nine, one. Maybe he picks up, you know, one or two outs in, in that stretch. And then you go to, to, to uh, Robertson to to close out that eighth and lead into the ninth inning. But that's a game you needed to have. And Buck Showalter managed it like you do any one of 162, knowing that he wanted to keep his closer ready for the following series against the Astros, which is going to be a tough series. But grab the, the series at stakes first. And look, there's every chance that David Robertson gives up a home run to Nolan Arenado anyway. And I'm nitpicking something that really is out of Buck Walter's hands. And that's why generally I have avoided harping on the manager. And I don't like doing that. Because ultimately it's the players that are at fault. But, again, not to say that one decision is his fault. But there's sloppy baseball being played day in, day out. There's guys making bad base running decisions. There's guys, you know, Louis Guillaume letting a routine ground ball through his legs. When do we see that? And the whole team seems like it's playing tight. And if Buck show up there, can't loosen them up and get them in a place where they're comfortable? Look, you're 12 and a half games out of this division. You're five games under 500. You're now four and a half games behind the Phillies team that just swept a couple of weeks ago. You're 7.5 behind the Marlins, who are 10 games over 500. And you're 5.5 games out of the playoff spot, the same distance between you and the Nationals right now. The Mets are going on a road trip. They're playing the Astros. They're playing the Phillies. If that road trip goes poorly and you head back home, to me, and I know it sounds crazy to say this, or maybe it doesn't, I don't know, it's not, it's not something I ever thought that I would be saying. But I feel like you give him this road trip to figure it out, and then you cut your losses and try to just spark the team. Try to change the manager and change up the vibes. Because the way this season's going, if it's trending in this direction, Buck Showalter, he's not going to be around next year anyway. So having the interim finish out this season and trying to catch lightning in a bottle the way the Phillies were able to last year would not be the worst thing in the world. But I'm going to stop on that. The next segment, I want to break down everything that happened in this series. And then, of course, Pete Alonzo making that kind of miraculous return off the IL as short as he did. So we're going to get to all that in just a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, you need every part to fit just right. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to have a perfect fit. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to you as customers. Eligible items items only. Exclusions apply. I want to recap what went well, what went poorly throughout this series. And you start with the one win the Mets got. And this is where I feel like they were finally getting some momentum in the right direction. You had that walk-off victory against the Yankees. You get a day off to sit on it. Friday night, baseball, city field. Tyler McGill was excellent. Six innings pitched, four hits allowed, no walks, seven strikeouts. Got the ERA under five. It's at four eight three now. He was awesome. And if Tyler McGill can carve up a lineup, You think, all right, Kodai Senga, Carlos Grasco. maybe it's going to be a good series, right? And the Mets got good offense in that game. Daniel Vogelback comes back from his mental break um, and hits a home run, a bomb of one. So that was good to see. Brett Beatty drove in a couple. Uh, That was good to see. Tommy Pham drove in a couple. So the lineup puts up six runs on eight hits. You had a four-for-six performance with runners in scoring position. Maybe this team's is ready to roll. And then you go up game two, you get a lead in the first inning and all of a sudden what happens? It all falls flat. You know, Nimo's solo shot, uh, which you thought might hold up. Kodai Senga looked rough, particularly early in that start. Couldn't locate his pitches led to a three run second inning, gave up another run of the third. You're sitting in a four, one hole and they just couldn't climb out of it. I mean, Credit to Sanga for finding enough of something to get through six and two thirds, and he struck out eight and he only walked one, but he was not living in that strike zone and uh, just was not one of his better outings. Again, he did settle down, but that early the you know struggle really put the Mets in a hole. And despite the fact that they got nine hits, um, you know all of a sudden they couldn't figure out that one hit with runners in scoring position. They were over for six, and they just couldn't score more than three. Adam Wainwright was able to get them, and Adam Wainwright certainly gave them a lot of pitches to hit, and the Mets hit into some bad luck. uh, That's for sure. There were some hard-hit balls that found gloves, but just just a rough game, and you take that because it's a series, and that happens. And Sometimes you drop that second game after winning the first one, but hey, you win the rubber match, and you win another series, or you win a series because it's been a while, it feels like. You win a series, and it's all right. Move on to bigger and better things maybe you can carry the momentum from the walk-off win and the split against the Yankees to a serious victory. You take that on the road with you, and who knows, maybe you have a great trip. But right from jump, you get ambushed with Cookie on the mound, as I already alluded to in that game on Sunday. And you're in that hole, and he can't get you past You know the fourth inning. The you know, third inning is all he gets. gets pulled the fourth um you know 5 earned 6 allowed by him 3 walks 4 strikeouts 5 hits gives up a couple of home runs and the fact that they settled the ship and were in that game you know it's a testament to an offense that is starting to make sense you know and you, tommy fam has been unbelievable i will be buying the jersey i've heard it from for the fans i'll get there okay i will be getting a tommy fam jersey i'm trying to pick the color and when exactly I'm going to buy it, but it's coming soon, all right? So so I get it. Tommy Pham's been amazing this year. Part of me doesn't want to buy it yet because part of me wants to keep the, the mojo rolling. So I, I might sit on it a little bit, see him stay hot for a while, um, but he deserves all of my apologies. He is the starting left fielder on the Mets this year. There, there's no doubt about it. starting left fielder, DH, wherever you want to put him. He needs to be in the lineup every day right now. That's how good he's been. Um, the two-run homer was clutch. You know, Starling Marte continues to be abysmal. Maybe at some point, maybe he's the starting right fielder. Mark Cannon is the starting right fielder and Marte needs to you know, ride the bench. I mean, he has been one of the biggest disappointments this season. So that's certainly not something that's been lost on me. Um, you know, and you kind of look up and down the lineup and, you know, it wasn't a bad game though. You know, uh, it, it really wasn't. It was Carrasco getting knocked around. John Curtis gave up one, but you know, he was able to get you through two and two thirds, which is massive. And, you just get Adam Adivino, um pitching to, to Goldschmidt and Arenado, and Arenado gets him, and you lose the game because of it. And you know, who's to say that the Mets would have won that game in extras because of the way Jordan Hicks pitched um, in the ninth? I don't know if the Mets would have scored on him, but maybe you don't face Jordan Hicks. Maybe you, know, you face a different pitcher if the threat of extras is there and the Cardinals can still have a closer like Hicks, who's you know, a strikeout guy that could pitch with an, a ghost runner on. Maybe you could have gotten to that point, right? Where you know they're saving Hicks, and someone else comes on to pitch that ninth and you score a run early and you walk it off at nine, and then all of a sudden the entire tenor of the series in the ball club is different. But for whatever it's worth, whether you blame Buck for not putting Robertson back out there, or you just blame Atavino for having a horrible season up to this point. It is what it is, man. And you know, it's it's crazy that this team that was so good last year can't figure it out with so many of the same cast of characters. And obviously, if you look at the last two games, the starting pitching was the biggest thing again. If Senga was better, you win that series in the first two games, potentially. You know, Senga was lights out. If, you know, you get anything from Carrasco without just, Completely getting rocked. The seven runs would have done it. <laughs> most days, there was some stat. You know, I'll open the next segment with it um, about the Mets' record in uh, games that scored seven runs and six runs because it is crazy how bad they've been in those spots. So I want to talk about that. I want to preview the series uh coming up here a little bit and talk about Pete Alonso coming off the IL, Mark Fantas going down. There's still a lot to discuss, um, so we'll get to all of that uh, in just a minute. But first, another word from our sponsors. New York Mets for the Houston Astros 8:10 Eastern Time tonight. Catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now this stat is courtesy of one shining Mets on Twitter. Uh, when scoring seven runs last year, the Mets were 44 and two. This year, they're 10 and six. When scoring six runs last year, the Mets were 55 and four. This year's 12 and 10. When scoring five runs last year, they were 76 and five. This year, they're 22 and 13. Uh, and then when scoring four runs last year, they were 87 and eight. 87 and eight when they scored four runs last year. This year the 26 and 17. What does that tell you? It tells you that you're missing that when Diaz and the bullpen was better last year and the starting pitching was better too. I mean, it's, it's just the pitching has been bad. Um, has the lineup been great? No, but the pitching continues to be the bigger thing here. It, it just has been. So, uh, you know, what changes that? has that get fixed? It's not Pete Alonso coming back, although that was a, a welcome sight. So to see Pete somehow take a three to four week injury diagnosis and Come back in 10 days is pretty awesome. Um, we'll see how he plays with that wrist. And that's another story for another day, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I think the fact that he came back is pretty spectacular. So, uh, you have him back. Mark Vientos gets sent down. Honest is the best thing. Vientos wasn't going to play, particularly when Alonso came back. They're, they're just there wasn't going to be playing time for him. You know, Daniel Vogelback's going to be getting some run at DH. And you know what? He did look better in this series. Um, they gave him the mental health break maybe he can snap out of it. And if you get the performance you've been getting lately from Tommy Pham and Mark Canna, uh, it seems like McNeil, Nimmo breaking out a little bit. Uh, you hope for some more from Lindor. Hopefully the home run carries over, and Alonzo can maybe be himself. Vogel back just one of a, a collection. Maybe he ends up hitting. And I would rather have Vogel back on this roster getting time than have both him and Vientos on the roster. Having kind of a log jam, just sending Guillaume back down. I don't even know if he haven't, has any more options, um, but just to send Guillaume down again, um, have a lack of defense, and have two guys not playing. One way or the other, you had to give one of the playing time. So if, if it's Vogel back, fine. You, you send Vientos down to triple A. He gets to get at bats. In, um, and you see if you see him again. At this point, it might just be playing for his way out um, to get traded at the deadline somewhere. Although, I don't know if the Mets are going to be buying at the deadline, but that's a, another conversation for another day. Um, it makes sense at this point. Look, as much as I advocated for Mark Fientos, they mismanaged this kid from jump, okay? and I, And I go right back to the second game since he was up. You call him up, play him at third base, something that they didn't do again, really, throughout the rest of his tenure, which seems like the manager, I don't know who's making the lines, but it felt like the manager trying to, Kind of put him on display, though. Oh, this is why he shouldn't be up, because defensively he can't play third base. I, that's what I felt like was let let let's show you how bad he is at that position. What does he do in that game? He hits a homer on the eighth inning, I believe it was the eighth inning, to tie things up. That that for a second, changed the momentum of the season for a second. Next game, you bench him, and he played sparingly, and his confidence was tested constantly. And whether or not he's going to be successful, no one's going to be successful in the circumstances that the Mets put him through. So we'll see what he makes of his career. Still got a lot of time left for him, but for now, good to get him out of the way, honestly, at this point, Um, where the Mets go from here as they head into this series against Houston, Pete's going to be out there. Um, Who knows? Maybe they'll give him some DH days to, to try to ease him a little bit but I imagine for the most part, you're going to be getting them in the lineup. Um, we'll see what this means for Mark Canna's playing time. Cause I feel like Tommy fam has got to play right now. So, uh, is Canna getting, you know, some time for Marte. Um, is he getting some DH time or is fam getting some DH time really in Kansas and left? We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see how the Mets kind of break things down, but, uh, they're back to, to kind of the team that they had a few weeks back. Right. Uh, and or even you know more than that. It's more the, the team they had um you know before the Vientos promotion, right? Um, but maybe this group can find something offensively. I'm not as concerned as I am about the pitching staff because you got Scherzer going on Monday on this series against the Astros. Again, first pitch, 8-10 Eastern time. We'll catch every pitch in that's hometown broadcast. You can do so with SiriusXM XM on the SXM app. And Scherzer will be going up against Hunter Brown, it's been great this year. 3.35 ERA rookie starter who's been filling in for you know guys like Lance McCullers who've been unable to pitch for them this season. Uh, Luis Garcia, I believe is another one who's out for, I can't he might have Tommy John, but regardless Hunter Brown versus Scherzer. We'll see if Scherzer shows up pitching uh, in Houston. So we'll see. And then I think Verlander should probably be going Tuesday, although they have not announced any starters beyond that just yet. Um, so I don't know exactly who's going to round out this series. I would think it would be what Scherzer McGill could McGill pitch on Wednesday. He has Saturday, Sunday, Monday too. Yeah, so I would imagine it's 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 going to be Scherzer, Verlander, McGill. Although they haven't announced that yet. You got Framber Valdez pitching in the second game than Christian Javier. So good luck. Two of the best starting pitchers in baseball and a really good rookie. Good luck. Yes, the Astros are thirty nine and thirty three this year good luck. And then you got a day off on Thursday before you head to Philly and you got to play uh, a team that's been hot this month. So uh, getting back to the starting point of the conversation today, this is where things go sideways. And this is where things could go sideways. This is where you could be in a position where a week from now, we're talking about Buck Walter being fired because at a certain point, Steve Cohen's got to do something. And a 33 and 38 ball club now could very easily be 35 and, 42 next week and go from five under to seven under and go from, you know, 12 and a half out of the division to 15 out of the division and go from five and a half out of a playoff spot to seven out of a playoff spot. And then you're looking at at that point, July, August, September to fix it. You know, potentially about three months left of your season with an all-star break mixed in there. Um, and that's where you might have to make a move. Again, not to say it's Buck Walters fault, but there was too much money invested in this team for them to be this bad. And yes, you look at Sterling Marte getting paid a lot of money playing bad. You look at Lindor not playing up to his standards getting paid a lot of money. You're looking at uh, you know, uh, Jeff McNeil who's still had a decent season, but not up to the standards that that that, you know, he played to as a batting champion last year. You look at uh, you know the the revolving door at DH, the starting pitchers and Scherzer and Berlin are getting paid all that money and not working out. Guys like Adam Ottavino gets a contract, hasn't worked out. It's the players. The players at some point become a reflection of the manager. The manager has to get this team on track, and prove that that you know this is a, a club that will play for him moving forward. And again, I'm not trying to blame Buck Showalter. I'm really not. All I'm saying is, if your season is spiraling, which it is, and you have this one trump card in your hand that you can play, though in baseball history, when a manager gets fired midseason, a new guy takes over, we've seen it where teams can take off, particularly talented teams that have been underperforming, and you just never know what's going to happen in a week. So we'll see how the Mets do on this road trip. You never know. Maybe they somehow smack the Astros and (laughs) go into Philly and sweep them like they did last time. And we're saying, oh, Buck Walter's the greatest thing again. You just don't know what's going to happen in a baseball season. But I'm getting pretty sick of doing these podcasts on on Mondays after another embarrassing performance by the Mets. And just saying, oh, yeah, well, they'll turn it around. I don't have confidence in it. I don't. So we'll see what tomorrow brings. Uh, That's going to be all for today's edition. Locked on Mets for all you everydayers. Make sure you check out what we're doing tomorrow. I think I'm going to do a little dive into the outfielders, particularly the overperformance of FAM and the underperformance of Martez. We're going to get to all of that um, throughout the week. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, I'm Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show, Locked on Mets.